0: Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. This is the podcast that adds value to leaders by helping you improve performance using process improvement solutions with bottom line results. My name is Patrick Adams, and this season, I'll be joined by three other amazing hosts, including Catherine McDonald from Ireland, Andy Ulrich from Australia, and Shane Dauphinbaum from the United States. Join us as we bring you guests and experiences of lean practitioners from all over the world. Hello and welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast Season 3. This is our kickoff episode and my name is Patrick Adams. I have with me a few of the other hosts that you'll see during this season of the Lean Solutions Podcast. So I'll let them introduce themselves. But if you're not familiar with any of the hosts that you'll be hearing from today, you can go back to the previous three or four episodes, and get a real deep dive into their backgrounds, uh, a little bit about their approach, and even learn some of the tools that they use uh, within their, the companies that they're working with or for. Uh, and so anyways, I'll I'll uh, kind of turn this over. Shane, you want to quick introduce yourself? Hey,
1: thanks so much. I am Shane Duffenbaugh, happy
0: to be here.
2: All right, Catherine. Hi, I'm Catherine McDonald.
0: And g'day, I'm Andy Ulrich. All right. Well, today we're uh we're just gonna have some some open conversation. We got a couple topics planned uh to discuss today. Uh the topic for today's session is uh getting your organization off the ground. Um and, and for those of you that are watching the video, you can probably see that uh Shane has some really amazing work going on behind him. I think you're you're in the middle of a, a Kaizen event, right? You're you're getting this organization yep, off sir. the ground, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. I'm at this is actually a brand new program that we're trying to get off the ground. So yeah, yeah. Very excited about it.
0: Nice. Are you guys hitting any roadblocks or any challenges or how's it going? Um, Other than it being a new program, like the biggest challenge is did we cover everything? Like,
1: you know, there's, there's a lot of money involved in this program. And so there's a lot of potential risk, a lot of potential scrutiny. So we're just trying to get you know, mind all of our P's and Q's and make sure that there's no gaps. Um, we mapped this out last week. And then this week we're, we're bringing in subject matter experts that we're not able to be here so that they can give us their two cents on, Hey, does this make sense? I mean, this is going to be, this map is going to be reviewed by probably six or seven different um, divisions in this company. And then, you know, even then we're, we're still taking it to the execs afterwards and seeing what they say and making sure that it, it meets what their needs are, um, in, in regards to what what we're trying to design. So, very exciting, very exciting.
0: That's great. Uh, I, I love love seeing post it notes on the wall. Uh, anybody else with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we're we're uh, a month into the the quarter here. Uh, the the four of us haven't been together since uh, before the end of the year. Uh, so I'll just kind of throw it out there. How, how was everybody's uh, Christmas, New Year's? Uh, how has the beginning of the year been for all of you?
2: Yeah, great, pa- Patrick. Um, it's sort of as usual. The time off goes far too fast. And then you wish you had, had go back and do it all over again. But um, no look, you have to go back to work and I think you're better off just getting into it, getting stuck in and uh, not thinking about it too much. Um, So, yeah, it's going well. It's going well. I have a few projects on now that I've carried over from last year. So we're getting back into those A couple of uh projects with service sector and nonprofits. And then I have a lot of leadership coaching coming up in the next couple of weeks as well, finishing our programs from last year. So kept busy. Nice.
3: Yeah, I had a, a very busy end to the year, like most of you, or all of you did, <laughs> I'd say. But yeah, now I'm back into it. I had a very nice, relaxing Christmas news break. But this is my sharpening the saw week this week. There's not everybody's back at work where I am now. And I'm really yeah, lining up the plans and, and getting my, my plans for the year aligned and up on the wall and starting to do some initial reach out. So there is some carryover from some projects we started last year. But uh, and some new ones that we'd we'd put a pin in to kick off early in this quarter. So nice. yeah, lots and lots happening. But I had a fantastic Christmas and yeah, ready to give twenty twenty four a good shake.
0: Yes, yes, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good year. I'm especially excited excited for. Uh, this season's podcast uh it's going to be a learning curve for all of us right uh, we before we hit record we were all just kind of uh laughing and joking about uh you know some of the the hiccups that we've already had and uh, you know just working through a, a new process and and excited for uh the the you know what this season will bring to to all the listeners but also you know always a little hesitant on you know just some of the hiccups that come when you when you change things right um, change is inevitable and, right. and all of us are proponents of of positive change uh, and and we all believe this is one of them so I'm excited this uh this year uh, coming up we have a we have a really awesome schedule of topics that we're going to be discussing now for those of you that are listening in, the four of us are not going to be on every single show. So the four of us are sharing the responsibility of co-hosts for season three. Um, So in the beginning these first few episodes, you'll see my face probably uh, quite a bit in the beginning. And then, uh, and then that will start to change. And, and um, the, the, the position of uh, kind of the lead host will start to to uh, pass off to uh, Andy, Catherine, and Shane as well. Um, but we'll always have two hosts on the show for season three. So you'll have two of us on every single show going forward into this year. And and I'll just kind of throw out here some of the topics that we have coming up. Uh, applying to Second Lean. So uh, Paul Akers actually... Gave me uh, a recommendation for an individual who has taken two second lean and just it's it's blown up their their organization. And um, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna reach out to Alex Ramirez and have uh, Alex on to talk about uh, some of the the application of two second lean within their organization and what it's done. So I'm excited about that episode. Um, anybody familiar with two second lean? Have you guys, yeah, you guys used two second lean? Yeah,
3: yeah, I've got the. The app and yeah the yeah it's great Pro stuffs really really good
0: yeah uh, and then we have like lean versus six sigma as a topic that's a that's always a fun one right you have all the the six sigma gurus a out sparring there. going on the lean geeks and you know we'll we'll try to uh, you know throw out, out both sides of the coin and and uh, just see what happens there um, any so I've worked for obviously I think that all of us are aligned with the fact that. We believe that they're both methodologies have amazing tool sets and, you know, there's application for uh, many of the tools and the methodology and all the work that we do. Uh, But I was part of uh, an organization that was very heavy Six Sigma. And then I was part of an organization that was very heavy lean. And so being at both of those two organizations, it was really interesting to see, you know, and experience the different approaches and how the tool sets were used to, to solve problems and drive you know, drive to root cause and those types of things. You guys have any similar experiences at organizations that you've been I, at?
1: I, I don't. I've, I've just, most of mine has been Lean Six Sigma. That's yeah. a combination of the two, finding finding both of them working together in concert. So, sure. yeah,
3: I've had a an experience where it's been very much Lean focused and we don't use, you know, leave Six Sigma behind. It was, it was seen as complex. And whereas, again, another organization was, Six Sigma is fundamental, complemented by Lean with, you know, with us getting in and the reducing variation and those sorts of things, having a few more st- um, numbers and things behind it. But uh, yeah, I'm in the middle where I, where with my approach, it's, yeah, as you said, there's specific tool sets for specific
0: situations. Right. Yeah. yeah. So use yeah. a screw if you have a nail and use a drill if you have a, a screw, right? I mean, let's yeah. use the right tools for the job. Um, uh, some of the other topics that we have, let's see here, celebrating failures, uh, Mark Graven's—he uh, just published a, a book this last year. Uh, so I'd love to to uh, dive into you know the, the the power of failures and the importance of uh, celebrating failures, right? And learning from them. Celebrating the failures that we learn from, I guess, right? Uh, you know, the, I think the only good failures are the ones that we learn from. If if we're if we're failing and and just uh, not doing anything with that, then that's that's a problem. I think. I don't know. What what do you guys think on that?
2: yeah definitely yeah, yeah i think i think um it's all very well to say we accept mistakes it's okay for you know for something to not go right but if that keeps happening and if there's a pattern of it we're doing something wrong you know we're not learning so it's a case of i think i remember working in one company and they actually ended up recording near misses because they were recording the instance, but not the ear- near misses and it was by recording the near misses that they actually mm-hmm then had most of their actual learning from because it was too late when the accident actually happened. So it's a good way to think about it is to kind of um yes, to 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 take that into account as well, you know?
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Great lead in, great lead indicator. those near misses uh, with this in particular and safety. Yeah, yeah, catching that or understanding it before yeah. it's
0: yeah. a
3: thing. It's it's nearly a thing and yeah, it's a great one. Yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's see, what else do we have on the, on the schedule here? Uh, why does lean fail? So that's a topic that we have coming up. Why does lean fail? Uh, creating a people-first lean culture. How many of us have been involved in uh, organizations where uh, they say they put people first, right? But it doesn't actually happen. Mm, right. So what does that look like uh, for an organization to really, truly put people first and what, and what are the results of that? Uh, what are the benefits of putting people first? Uh, have you guys experienced anything, uh, anything like that or the opposite, an organization that doesn't put people first? I, I, I look at our faces and all of us just kind of big
1: yeah. guys, and go, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, cr- it's crazy. Oh. It's crazy to sound. I mean, it just sounds so like counterintuitive or counter, what Lean is all about. I mean, that's one of the things that has endeared me to Lean is not so much the fact that, yes, it does improve the processes that we're working with, that it does improve the flow and, and, it, and it gives the value to our customer. But I love, you know, in, in regard to if, if we talk about the Six Sigma versus Lean, how it, it seems like people are more in the forefront when it comes to Lean. So when I see people that say they're proponents of Lean or companies or organizations, um, but they don't follow that up immediately with how they treat people better because of this. Instead, you know, maybe it's way back there somewhere on the train, you know, about people, then it just, it kind of makes me shake my head and go, you you kind of miss the boat here.
3: Mm. And I think it's a great one to share what I, what I call horror stories around where, where it goes wrong with lean. I and mean, people say, Oh, that stuff doesn't work. And you you peel under that layer a little bit more. And it was, brought in under the guise of cost-cutting first and we'll see who comes along right. as opposed to that, that foundational piece that I'm very passionate about is around, the you know, the people first and, the, and those sorts of uh, stories around where it goes wrong and it helps. I think it's great with this podcast especially is we, we can share those things and, and when you're in the moment and you can hear something, oh, that sounds familiar to, you know, it's a bit of a red flag for people. They can sort of get ahead of it if they can hear a couple of things aligning together or see that. Yeah, this is not what we mean when we talk about lean. So I think it's a great topic
0: to uh, to bring in. Nice, good. Uh, two more that I'll just throw out here before we get into today's topic. Uh, mistakes young leaders make. Uh, I think that's a good one. I, I've heard a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that are new into leadership roles and uh, don't necessarily know what to do. Maybe they were promoted uh, because they were really good at running a piece of equipment uh, or they were really good at whatever job they are, but they've never actually led people before and they don't know what to do or what's right, what's wrong. Um, so I think that's a really, really great topic. Uh, and then the other one that I have please here. Please tell me Catherine's on that one. <laughs> please,
1: please tell me Catherine's going to be on that one. because I, re- I, I, <laughs> oh, I really, I really want to hear the executive leadership the coach. Yeah,
2: speak yeah. Today. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: going to be great. It's going to be a great did you, show.
2: Did you hear my uh, piece on the, why I'm a Peter principal case? I was explaining that in the in one of the recordings sometime back, which you should listen. To. <laughs> I'm a typical case, so I can talk about it all day long. <laughs>
0: I'm looking forward to it for sure. Typical case of learning from your mistakes, right? Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's a great icebreaker when I when people are nervous about stepping forward. I say, "Hey, if you think you you've stuffed something up before, just take a seat." And I'll tell you something that I did okay it's like a I'm very very happy to share those those exceptional failures yeah how right. you learn
0: that's right yeah humility is a big big part of uh being a great lean leader right i mean the ability the 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 um willingness to uh admit that you're not perfect and Uh, admit that you make mistakes and not only admit, but also uh, understand and know exactly what you're changing or what you've learned from that mistake and how you're doing things differently going forward. I mean, that's, that's, um, you know, such an important uh, aspect of being a good lean leader.
2: And and also to not look for perfection from other people so much, because I think that's, well, that was my mistake years ago, starting out. Right come out of college you think you've all the answers you see you know how to what's needed how things should change and you expect everybody else to meet those standards or, or for the organization it's just not that easy you know so yeah i think it, both of those things are important
0: so true so true well the last one that i have just in front of me here uh coming out this year is uh the t- the title of this i really like it it's lean sucks And then in parentheses after that, if you're not doing it right. (laughs) So lean sucks if you're not doing it right. Uh, And that's uh, such a, I mean, I see that so often. You know, obviously the book that I wrote was specifically on uh, an organization that uh, said they were lean Uh, But they weren't doing it right. Clearly, it was uh, the appearance of lean, not necessarily having a true culture of continuous movement. And so lean really sucked. People hated it. Uh, It was the flavor of the month stuff. It was, oh, my gosh. You know, we get to do this stuff again. Oh my gosh, you know, it's terrible. Uh, and that really sucks when it's not applied properly, when people don't understand the why behind it, when they don't see the benefits and the value um, because it isn't being done right, right? Uh, Craig Tedrow, uh, who works with Lean Solutions, he likes to um, talk about his time with a company where he says uh, he was a floor employee. who's was actually running a piece of equipment. And he says, uh, Lean was done to me, not with me. It was done mm. I've heard heard him say that. Yeah. Mm
3: Yeah. Has anybody heard of the circuses in town analogy when it comes to lean and continuous improvement? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Well, I I hadn't heard of it either, but an employee said to me, just be careful that, you are not bringing the circus to town again. I I said, okay, he was, can you explain that to me a bit more? And he said, well, I've been here a while. And he said, I see it as with what we've tried in the past is it's like when the circus comes to town, there's a whole heap of signs. They put up a temporary fence. You know, There's all this noise made and all this excitement and, and things happen and then it's here for a while and then it's gone again. And then, you know, swings back around. Mm. Oh, Hey, we've got this thing. He said, I, I always think of it. It's like, Oh, the circus is back in town. Can we just maybe try and make it stay this time? And we put a, a permanent fence up and we put a, proper wow. car park in it's not everybody looks at it as you oh, know i wonder how long this is going to last this time around for those that have been there a while so yeah i found sure. that was a pretty interesting way of thinking about it and, and i and i do lean on that now and go well yeah am i is this too much is there too many clowns and fireworks and things here or should, or am i yeah, sh- am i making sure that the the good foundational things are in place before yeah. we get too
0: excited so wow um, I, lo- I love that analogy <laughs> um, unfortunately, have experienced it a lot too with many organizations. But yeah. yeah, I can see where that would be frustrating, right? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so let's dive into our topic for today. So I'm going to share my screen for those of you that are watching uh, the video. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. We're gonna we're gonna talk to this uh, in detail, though. So for those of you that are listening in. Uh, on your favorite podcast platform. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll we'll talk through this little diagram here uh, in detail. Uh so um the diagram that you all are seeing, uh, I threw this up at the Lean Solutions Summit this past year. And uh uh it, it the reason why it, it came out to me was because uh this a similar diagram to this uh was shown to me a few years earlier. Um And, you know, just within this last year, I've been, I've actually started learning how to fly. So I'm doing my ground school and, and working on uh, learning how to fly. Anybody, any of you guys fly at all, or you've all been in an airplane. No, that's awesome. Yes. I am, I am working on my pilot's license, so I'm excited about that. Uh, But the first thing that I learned was this whole idea of lift, thrust, weight, and drag, which is which is what you use to get an airplane uh, out of uh, off the ground and into the air, right? Given today's uh, topic, get your organization off the ground. I thought this would be a good diagram just to take a look at. So the way that flight works is um, weight and lift are opposed each other, just like thrust and drag oppose each other. So in order for a plane to fly, you have to have lift and then you have to have thrust to move it forward. But your lift has to be greater, has to be a greater force than your weight that's bringing it down. So as long as lift is greater than weight, it it will go up. And then as long as thrust is greater than drag, it'll go forward. So the moment that your weight or gravity is a heavier force than lift, that's when your plane either won't get off the ground or it'll start to come down. And similarly, if drag is greater than thrust, it it will slow down and, and eventually fall out of the sky. So I, I love this analogy because it really makes me think about organizations that um, are trying to get off the ground with their lean initiatives. And um, you know, so so I threw some thoughts on here and I just want to kind of talk through these. Um, so again, those of you that are listening, I'll just I'll just kind of mention a couple of these. Uh, when it comes to weight and drag, What holds organizations back? What keeps organizations on the ground? Uh, A a lack of top level commitment and support, a lack of focus on customer needs, lack of employee engagement, lack of clear expectations, overemphasis on cost cutting. Uh, Shane, you mentioned that a little bit ago. Uh, Failure to sustain, lack of enabled action. So these are all things that keep, keep the airplane or keep the organization on the ground. Uh, those things that help elevate us, that help lift us, that give us thrust. Uh, this would be uh, daily management, daily kaizen, commitment to self development, coaching and developing others, creating vision, aligning goals, uh, structured problem solving, standardized work, standardized leader standard work. These are all things that, if they're greater than the the the, the negative stuff that I mentioned earlier, then those those are going to help us get our organizations off the ground. Um, so. Uh, all of us have experience with many of these different areas. Um, I just want to kind of open it up to the group. What, when you guys see this diagram, what do you think of? Any Anybody have any thoughts or ideas? I mean, what what comes to mind when you see this?
1: I mean, first first of all, I, I really appreciate the diagram in how that you have the opposing forces to actually launching. And I, I think the analogy is, is pretty spot on here with that, with the things that drag you down or cause weight and the things that can actually lift. Or a thrust. Um, yeah, I, I I just appreciate this as as a uh, as an analogy of launching a business or getting a business off the ground. Whatever whatever it is that you're trying to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I actually love it as well. It, it it's so concise, and there's yet yeah, there's so much in it, and it explains. <clears throat> you know, lean deployment uh, so well in terms of what pushes it forward and what holds back. And it's very simple to read. I love it. Um, I would say that it also helps me understand why lean fails. And we often hear that talked about so, so much. And, you know, we said, it's going to be one of our topics as well. Why does lean fail? But I just think when you look at this and you look at what's necessary for lean to work, it's not that it's difficult. It's just the commitment it takes to, to doing these things like coaching other people daily, Kaizen, you know, even standardized work. And so many organizations are actually so far away from so many of these things, and they don't understand that actually, I suppose, lean or bring it bringing a bit of structure in and the benefits of doing that. So I think that just really sums all that up for me so well in terms of the the issues and then the opportunities. It's great. Sure.
3: Yeah, show me a picture. I'm a I'm such a visual guy, and I think for me when we have these simple images put up with with those things called out, it's a really good checkpoint to go, okay, what is our level of top, our top level support to this and et cetera. And, and I really like it too, like lean and and lean six segments, very scalable as well. Like I would look at this as well for it being applicable to any improvement initiative. There's this key parts of all of that, that I think make get that initiative off the ground within a broader uh, program or deployment model. So yeah yeah and i've been watching a lot of top gun over the holidays as well so it's the the plane is just, <laughs> <it's> just <laughs> and when they're when they're in that death spiral uh in in one of the scenes there i'm thinking yeah sometimes it goes like that too right and how do you how do you pull out who's the first to blink and actually pull themselves out of that but uh yeah great picture patrick thank you for sharing
0: andy now you... I, I would see the new oh, go go ahead patrick watch the old one sorry that which which Top Gun did or did you watch the newest
3: one? Yeah, Maverick. It, it's just come out on Netflix down here in Australia, so I, I'd seen it before. But yeah, it's um, I'm getting in trouble now for oh, not this again. So <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> bit of fun.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say, you know, as I'm looking at this, I appreciate there's what looks like to me kind of opposites, and they're from the the two corners. The lack of. Top-level commitment and support, which Andy you mentioned, kind of the drag side of things, and on the thrust side of things, is that create vision and align goals. Mm-hmm. Like I see those two as 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 opposites. I would I would love to hear you know from from some of you that that have been at this a little longer than I have how you help an organization or leadership because um, as I I think that that top-level commitment and support comes in the way of a vision and aligning goals, how do you help an organization or leadership create that vision? If, if they don't, ha- if, I mean, if they don't have it, or maybe it's just not aligned with what their goals are, how do you, how do you have that conversation with them? I'd love mm-hmm. to hear some of that.
0: Hello, everyone. I am sorry to interrupt this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast, but I wanted to take a moment to invite you to pick up a copy of my Shingo award-winning book, Avoiding the Continuous Appearance Trap. In the book, I contrast the cultures of two companies I work for, and though each started with similar lean models, one was mechanistic and only gave the appearance of lean, while the other developed a true culture of continuous improvement. The contrast provides a vivid example of the difference between fake lean and true lean. You can find the book on Amazon. Simply search my name or the title of the book. You aren't a reader? No worries. The audiobook is also available on Audible. Now, back to the show. Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, I, I think like one of the things that I always want to be careful of is uh, like th- there's no cookie cutter approach, right? So you can't take right. this diagram and, and just think that, oh, if I just do all of these things, then we're going to create a, a a true culture of continuous improvement. Now, this, this is an enabler for sure, but I, I think it all depends on the organization, the industry, the team, where they're at in their journey. Uh, there's just so many factors that have to be taken into consideration to, to answer your question, Shane. But what I will say is um, it, what I think would be a really great exercise is to look at top level commitment and support. And as a, as a leadership team, like what is, let's define that together. What what does, what does that look like? What does it mean to have top level commitment and support to, to us as a leadership team? And then maybe we'll ask the frontline leaders and and the rest of the organization, what does it look like to have top level commitment and support? Like if it was happening, what would you be experiencing? What would you be feeling? What would you be seeing? Um, And then, you know, use that to, develops you know some maybe that is how you create your leader standard work um, by you know by taking the the output of that and and then creating intentional actions uh, that are happening by leaders to show that they they do have uh, commitment and support. And I think one of those is creating vision and aligning goals, right? So the, the on the checklist would be, you know, I want my leadership team to create a long-term vision. tell me where we're going. Uh, and then help me to align goals, my goals to that so that I know that the work that I'm doing every day is helping us to get closer to that. Um, so I, I need top level leadership to to help make that happen and and show support, remove roadblocks, uh, ask right. how I'm going um, and, and hold me accountable to the goals that I've set for my team. Uh, right. Those are all things that I would hope to see in that list. So, again, that's just so,
1: so how. How, how granular do you get with that? Let's say I'm a frontline worker and you're an executive, and so your vision and goals are are typically very lofty. But I love how you said, and I'd, I'd love to hear some fleshing out of, tell me how my work can actually lend itself toward and build upon or, or push forward our vision and our goals as a company or an organization. How do you take those executive lofty goals that whatever they might be Mm -hmm. and, and, and translate them into the common language that, you know, a frontline worker can then go, Oh, this is how I can do it. Because I have seen, I mean, we've seen how, how, um, if you're in, in lean and, you know, for any amount of time, how we have smart goals and those smart goals can trickle down. If you have a hierarchy organization, you know, the supervisor to the manager, to the frontline worker, and then back up how we could support each other's goals. But -hmm. what I have found that I, that, that frontline workers or, or, or those that are, you know, elbows deep in the work have a hard time with is um, if, if the leadership has asked them, Hey, tell me how your goals align to mine. And they're like, I, I don't know. Like they, sometimes there's the organization is either so big or they're so deep, you know, so far removed from leadership goals that they have a really difficult time. Like they know hey, I am doing this, I'm creating, you know, I'm, I'm designing a road, I don't know how it necessarily, you know, uh, goes to the, the state highway plan, I guess it's in there somewhere. But the actual work that I do, I don't know. So so I'm, I'm going back to my question. Sorry, I'm circular in my thinking here. But how, how can we help leadership to create vision and goals that can be translated or scaled down to that frontline worker or, you know, uh, those their elbows deep in the work, mm. and Catherine. how important is that?
2: Yeah, Catherine,
3: I, uh, you've done a lot in this space. I'd love to love to hear.
2: Yeah, actually, we do so. I think the first of all, it's whether we're talking about lean goals or whether we're talking about, let's say, overall organizational goals, because a lot of the time what happens is we'll go into an organization that's already exists. We're not talking about a new organization, but an organization that already exists. And what will happen will we'll try and bring lean in, you know, train people in lean, deploy lean. But oftentimes... In the past i think that has lean has sat aside from what the actual organizational goals are so as lean consultants i think the first thing to do is understand in a very simple on a balanced scorecard, get it down one page what are the organization's goals so you know you, you know what your balanced scorecard is you've got your four or five areas and you're saying very basically what are the goals and then how what are we going to do uh with lean here what's how is lean going to help us achieve these very simple goals And then I think once you've got that level of clarity, it becomes much easier then to have conversations. And actually it's in that diagram, the importance of coaching and developing others. The thing about it is if you keep your goals simple and you keep them, you know, a a goal should be inspiring to everybody. A goal that's written on a, let's say a balance scorecard, anybody should read it and go, that's a great goal. Because obviously we want our employees and everybody to be involved in the creation. I've done vision, mission and values workshops and they're so good um, for bringing cross-sections of organ of, of employees in to actually understand those elements, vision, mission, and values, and then how they transpire into goals. And I think once you do that and you keep doing that and you keep repeating that every year and you keep bringing those, uh, having that discussion on a, 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 from a strategic point of view in your coaching sessions with your teams and individuals, you, you actually don't have to align goals for people. They'll align what they're doing to the goals if the proper work has been mm-hmm. done in the first place for the people working in the organization to understand what it's all about. Does that make sense? Because that's the way I see it happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The key point that you mentioned in in my mind is the coaching aspect. You you mentioned one-on-ones and coaching and communication. I mean, if, if leaders are communicating regularly and intentionally, on what you know, what their goals are, and, and what their vision is for their group, and how those goals align, then everything else should fall into place. But the problem comes when there, there, there's there, there's this um, um, where leaders are removed from what's happening, and there's this big gap or this wall in between, you know, what's happening in operations or or you know in in the operating room or wherever it may be. And what's ha- You know what's being discussed w- with leadership, and, and we need to close that gap. Uh, we need to, and that comes through uh, intentional coaching and and one on ones, and and you know c- constant and intentional communication uh, around the, those uh, the vision and those goals. Yeah. I think with
3: the, this, why I love a plan on a page or an A three, those sorts of things. This picture, okay, for me, when I look at that, it's a great conversation starter if nothing else it's in each of those areas we can look at and then you touched on it patrick was around okay well one lack of top level commitment and support well what does that even mean the the, the conversations that i have with leaders is around well if you don't how much support do you need from me what does that look like show me what it looks like if in this area or if we're doing it to how we should be doing it right. and and it's a good little leveler to to sort of baseline on each of those in each of those boxes for example around the plane is okay well do we even know what that means what where are we now those sorts of questions and and what's enough for us so we're not trying to overdo it in in too many ways because too much thrust or too much lift can be a problem as well so i think it's any of these images with some call-outs around the site, I think it's a really good opportunity for that first kicker to say, well, standardised work, what does that mean here? Are there some examples of it? And, and what's going well? What are some examples that we would like to showcase to others who've never seen this before and, and don't connect with it? Or how, and, and the uh, point there, I think it was Shane or Catherine, sorry, I can't remember, was around, yeah, the front line, is, is the, front line the people on the floor is, well, we're all talking about this stuff up here. Can you connect with that? Is this language even making sense? Where do you see us with the plane? Those sorts of things. So, I'm just such a passionate advocate for just put show me a picture and put some key things around it just to get us. That gives you your framework for what you're going to talk about. But a really good opportunity to to do a bit of a self assessment or baseline, or bring someone in like Catherine, etc., to uh, to help you drag that out. So,
0: right. And, and uh, you you mentioned the self-assessment. I mean, this, this could be a regular occurring uh, process that you're going through, right? Whether it's quarterly or monthly or whatever it might be, but going back to that picture, maybe if that's, if that's what makes the most sense for you and your team, go back to that picture and, and ask yourselves, how are we doing? Are we on course are we still on the ground? Uh, you know, where, where are we at as far as where we want to be, which again, should be laid out by executive leaders or or your, your top level leaders on uh, where are we heading? What's the vision? Um, but then once you have that right. and you connected all of those dots, uh, coming back and revisiting that on a regular basis to, to kind of reflect and go, okay, what's working? What's not working? What do we need to do differently? Um, do we need more emphasis on daily Kaizen? Do we need more emphasis on coaching and developing others? Uh, are we being held back by this overemphasis on cost cutting? Uh, is there a lack of employee engagement, right? Having those conversations and then taking action to, uh, you know, to, to actually make things happen, right? I, I think, I think um, you, you said something interesting, Patrick. Um, it,
1: it, the things we're talking about right here actually employee engagement. And, you know, we like to use those terms, some of those terms you have on there, you know, and I appreciate how from the very beginning it was like, hey, we should probably define these as an organization. If we're going to take off and and these all of these boxes that we have, you know, those things that lift us up or those things that drag us down. Let's define what those are. But I, I, I imagine there are many organizations out there and it could be it could be wrong. And I apologize to all of you. Um, if, if that's the case, but don't understand what employee engagement is. Employee engagement to them means they come in, may, maybe they just have this vague idea that they come into work and they actually like what they're doing in their work, and that's one thing. But I also agree with all the things that that are going around in my little Brady bunch squares here that you guys are mentioning. These are employee engagements. These are you know passing the vision down, bringing it up, having coaching sessions. Um, you know, uh, ask, asking for feedback and having those self-assessments, all of those things are ways that we can engage our, our employees. And I, I, I want to make sure we understand the reason we engage employees is, I guess I, guess I, I, should, I should ask the question, why, why do we need employee engagement?
0: Mm. What,
1: what's the benefit? What, what's the goal? Because rather than focus on tasks, hey, this, you know, employee engagement means this task, this task, this task, and this task. Rather than focusing on tasks, what's the goal of employee engagement? Because I think all these things that that have been talked about so far can lead toward that employee engagement, but maybe this is for another discussion. We could just keep going.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we definitely could. Andy, any any, uh, brief thoughts before we uh, wrap up for the day on that one for employee engagement?
3: Yeah, it just brings it back to the people need to be at the front of all of this and when we talk about engagement are we truly engaging with them or are we just communicating so mm. it's a two-way it's that catch ball piece that I, I really like it's the, the top down bottom up and everything in between so where's your plane at are you off the ground or are you're still taxing down the runway or you're still in the shed I think it's a great thing for people to just go away and have a little bit of a think about so great great chat thanks
0: yeah, then the last thing that I'll say on that too is I actually just just came from a coaching session with an individual who's doing uh, a project on uh changeover reduction. And uh he said that um he has always been the sole problem solver. Uh and and because he's a really nice guy and he and he loves to help out and he knows everything because he's been at the company for a long time. So everybody comes to him and he said, one of the things that I realized through this is you know, these people are coming to me and they're fully capable of of doing this, but they're intentionally coming to me for what I now understand as um, a few reasons. One is they know that I'll solve it for them. So they don't have to think about it. Uh, And number two is where's the accountability at now? The accountability is on me. So if things don't work out, I'm the one that's being held accountable. So there's no ownership either. Now, uh, you know, again, I'm not I'm not saying that the 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 setup techs or the operators are doing that intentionally or that they're bad people by any means. Um, but as leaders, we need to build an army of problem solvers and we need to have shared accountability where everyone's rowing in the same direction towards the same goal, right? And so there's a lot of benefits that right. come by empowering, engaging the people who are closest to the 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 issue, the problems, the challenges, the value add activities um, in that right. They're the experts. They know what's going on, hands down. So we need to in- involve them in in all of the work that we're doing to um, you know to promote uh, improvement initiatives within our organizations. Well, guys, it's been uh, it's been a great discussion. Again, we have to be careful uh, when we're all four on together because I feel like we could talk for hours, uh, which is good, which is good. We have a a lot of time left in the year uh, to have some really, really great conversations. Um, So all of you that are listening in from all around the world, uh, we're inviting you back every Tuesday uh, to listen in on different discussions that we have over this uh, next season. And uh, just super excited to have all of you co-hosting with me. And I'm looking forward to, to an amazing season. So thanks again for today's discussion. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, guys. Great time. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way, you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.